She has a past and a story. She has been through a lot and does have a lot to say. She is tired of being in a cage, but she notices the doors open and she's finally ready to break free. Join me, Karina Garcia, as I share the different things that may hold you captive to an enslaved mindset, where you were really never meant to stay and you really, honestly, were never meant to be in. Life is hard. Our choices do have consequences, both good and bad. But love is real, and it's true. Jesus Christ always provides a way out. Have you ever had someone give you unsolicited advice? Once, twice, or maybe even multiple times? What about having someone do things when you were getting ready to get them taken care of? Or have you ever known someone who made plans for you or chose what you would have for a meal? In today's episode, we'll discuss how things are not always what they seem, especially when they're gone. So, the things we were talking about, the questions I asked you, they may have sounded a little strange, right? I mean, who hasn't had somebody give them advice that they didn't ask for? I know many times in my life, I've gotten advice when I wasn't seeking it. And other times in my life, I didn't get advice when I needed it. So, advice that you don't ask for, unsolicited advice. Once in a while, I mean, it may not be a big deal because somebody may see something and they may think they have every right to share with you what they think you're doing wrong or how to improve things in your life or vice versa. I mean, if I think about it, this happened since I was young, as I was growing up. When I was in school, there were friends, there were classmates, there were teachers, my parents, There's been many people in my life that have given me unsolicited advice, but because they care. Well, some of them care. Some of them just give advice because that's what they like to do. Now, I was watching this movie sometime in one of these days that I was in bed. um, And the character was dealing with having lost a dad and um, the girl he was going out with had lost her mom. And he said something that stuck out and has been in my mind ever since. He said something around the lines, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly and I didn't write it down. I should have done that. But he said, I remember getting so much unsolicited advice from my dad that now when I need him, I don't have him. And that stung and that stuck with me. Why? Because it reminded me of exactly what he said. For me, my mom is still alive and I'm grateful to God for her life. But my dad's gone. He's been gone for several years. And there are times when I do miss his words. Now, mind you, if you would have asked me this when I was younger, I probably would have said, no, he just is really bossy. He just wants me to live life according to him. And he wants me to do what he wants. And he doesn't want me to have fun. And I'm not allowed to do anything. And for the most part, that was true. I mean, I literally, I think I've told you all before, I would go to school and come home. There were no extracurricular activities for me. It was just school and home. We would spend time with family. That was pretty much it. Um, I know there was my high school years when I was able to be in Folklorico because my mom gave me permission and I loved it. I participated in that for three years of my high school life and I don't regret it. On the contrary, I'm grateful for the people I met, for the opportunities I had and for the blessing it was to just be able to dance, you know, to our heritage and 
learn so many different styles of dance that have been around for so many generations. But my dad didn't really like the idea. I don't think I ever sat down to ask him why. I think I just knew he didn't like the idea because when I originally asked, he said no. But my mom saw that I was interested and she, you know, she was willing to help. So she would take me to practice and she'd pick me up. But I knew he wasn't happy because I'd get home and he'd give me the silent treatment, which was never fun. But the times where he would give me advice, they did make an impact. I remember, and the impact will be made according to your perception. So keep that in mind. I remember there was a time when he was in his office and he asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, right? And I remember I had told him I wanted to, I had always wanted to be a lawyer. I think a part of me saw him and how he defended things and how he was able to just just show me perspectives about situations that I had never seen before. And I love that. And I always thought, wow, if I can do that to help other people like lawyers do, then I want to be a lawyer. And I remember I told him that and his response was abruptly, you'll never make it as a female lawyer in the Valley. Now, if you think about this, this was back in 1994, 95, maybe even 92, 93. Yes, it's a long time ago, guys. Um, he probably wasn't wrong. I don't know how many female lawyers existed back in the early 90s here in the area I live in. Now, if you look at the female lawyers now, they're doing amazing and there's so many and they're so talented, so young. And I love to see how far they've come and they continue to go, not just in their careers as lawyers, but some of them even go beyond that to mentor other women because they want to see other women succeed, especially Latina women, but women in general succeed. So going back to that conversation with my dad, I remember that day I just felt bummed. I remember like putting my head down and walking out feeling defeated. Like, man, I'm going to suck as a lawyer. I'm not going to be one because my dad just said I wouldn't make it. And that's it. That's all I heard. I wouldn't make it. So I remember... Yeah, I think it was 92, 93 because I was in junior high. I remember I joined the debate team because I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove him wrong. I am going to see that I am going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be good at this. And I'm going to start with the debate team. Joined the debate team. I remember I was given my first case. I think I was, I'm trying to, was I a defense or prosecutor? Ah, I don't remember. All I remember is I was excited. I got my case. I did my research. It came the day of the trial, mock trial, and we're in the, it was a a portable building. We're in the portable building for debate and we each present our case. And I think I was the defendant's attorney. Was I defend? I don't remember. I just do know I lost. I lost horribly. I did not win that case. It didn't matter how much I had researched. I didn't win. So fast forward to now, when I take time to think and reflect on that conversation, that unsolicited advice, of course, from my father, where he said, you won't make it as a female lawyer in the Valley. Even though at that time, all I heard is you won't make it period exclamation point end of sentence. He said, as a female lawyer in the Valley. Was he wrong in that day and time? He probably wasn't, again, because there weren't a lot of female lawyers. 
he knew a lot of lawyers and attorneys and he knew he knew the way men were and he knew that men probably weren't going to change very much and so for me to be a lawyer I had to have thick skin I had to have the ability to defend and contradict and to stand my ground and stand on my own two feet and have a conversation that was difficult with other people and he knew me so well that he knew I wasn't one to like conflicting conversations he knew that I wouldn't be able to handle somebody coming at me because I was so gentle um I want to say soft but I'm not trying to sound harsh but in reality that's that's my character <clears throat> I'm just somebody who automatically wants to see the best in everybody I want to defend everybody I want to help everybody and I want to show everybody that we can come together and get things done if we work together and want to get things done but not everybody thinks that way he would always say that I wore my rose-colored sunglasses in life and I always had seen that as something bad but then I remember there was a day we had a conversation when he was dropping me off <clears throat> after this was my second marriage which is my current marriage so this this had been many many years after that initial uh, him asking me what I wanted to be and me thinking he didn't believe in me and we were in the car and he was dropping me off at my house um at my and our first house and I remember him you know we had a really long conversation in the car him and my mom had been divorced you know he was going through some stuff and he was just trying to share with me his heart and I'll never forget when he said you know how I always told you that you live your life wearing rose-colored sunglasses? And I said, yeah, I know, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a weakling or I'm too soft or I'm too kind or I'm too nice. He said, no, don't, don't ever take them off. He said, we need more people like that in this world. We need people to see the good in people. We need people to care. We need people to love others. So don't change. Never change who you are. And I gave him a hug and I walked out the car and honestly, from both of those conversations, the lawyer conversation and the rose-colored sunglasses conversation, the second one was the one I remembered the most. Why? Because it helped me realize that my dad had gone through life and he had gone through situations and he wasn't perfect. He tried to be the best dad he could be according to his abilities and in the time we were living in and with the resources that he had yeah could he have done more of course all of us can do more as parents if you ask our kids but he did what he could what he knew and he made a made, he may have made mistakes but i'm not anybody to hold those against him so i remember that conversation and thinking oh he is proud of me for seeing the world through rose eyes he is proud of me for being kind for being merciful for being graceful he does see strength in me even through that and so his unsolicited advice hmm, he gave it to me in love and like i said he never said i couldn't do it he just said i wouldn't make it in the valley as a female lawyer because he didn't know female lawyers in the valley back then that was one thing my dad could argue and not just argue for the sake of argument, but he was a very intelligent man. He could argue, man, his nickname, we would always tell him, you're a lawyer without a degree. You're a lawyer without the title. You're because he was. 
he could get out of situations literally with an argument. And I'm not saying, you know, throw a hissy fit or, or, or get mad or, or cuss you out. No, no, no. With his intelligence. He was just wise like that. So yeah, I, I miss his unsolicited advice. I miss his words. <laughs> um, there's so much that I'd love to share with him. Especially because... He never got to meet his grandson, who's 11 now, and he would love him. And I know he'd love to see the girls and how fast they're growing, and the other grandbabies that have come since my son. And I know he'd love to see just our lives and the things that we're doing and my sister being a social worker man he would so love that knowing that my brother got out of the valley and moved and you know and then you have people who take care of things right at the moment you were gonna do it and you're like i was just gonna do that you know why did you do that for me but thank you it could be a coworker, it could be a classmate, it could be a friend, it could be a family member. That maybe you had planned to, I don't know, maybe run some errands or, you know, decorate your house for the holidays and you just never got to or the apartment and you get home and your roommate suddenly has the apartment decorated and you're like, that's so kind of you, but I wanted to do it, right? That's the biggest reality for me. Um... Watching that movie, hearing that line, and then being sick with the flu, not being able to hug my family, still seeing them from a distance in my room, and then having my hubby take care of everything in the house, it just made me appreciate. And it made me realize that we can easily take so many things for granted, not on purpose, but just because life is nonstop. Life is go, 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 go. It's like you don't have a moment to pause, take a deep breath because you'll miss whatever else was on the other side of that breath. So you just keep going. But this week I had time. I reflected. I was grateful for the fact that I had a place to rest. I had people to take care of me. I had people to feed me. Um, I had people to get my meds for me. I had people praying for me, checking up on me. So that just helped me again realize that we take so many things for granted my my son came in a couple nights ago and he's like mommy i love you i feel like i i miss you so much and i feel so bad because i can't give you a hug i said it's okay buddy but i'm getting better and you know before you know it mommy you'll be done and she'll be able to give you a hug okay mommy i can't wait for that and then i asked him did you eat no not yet okay well there's fish sticks and there's chicken nuggets and there's mashed potatoes because he had made mashed potatoes the night before uh, I said, Daddy's going to make chicken um, for dinner for tomorrow. He's like, okay, Mom. So he closes the door. And then I thought, wow, he's not hungry. I doubt that. Every day he gets home from school, he looks for a snack. And then they, I make them dinner and I serve them and they eat it all. And he always eats his whole plate. So it's not that he wasn't hungry. It's just that he couldn't think of what to make. Or he didn't think of, he didn't want to think of what to make. He was so used to. Mom says dinner's ready and we sit at the table and we eat dinner. And again, that helped me realize, oh, wow, how many times did my mom do that for us and we just 
went with the flow of life and didn't even stop and say, hey, mom, thanks for dinner. I mean, they thank me for dinner. It's not that. It's just a generality of appreciation. A generality of not taking for granted the things that we have just because we have them. I mean, if we go back and we think of the people who choose to be by our side to help us, to love us, to care for us. I mean, speaking of care, shout out to all the caregivers out there because caring for somebody who's ill is not an easy task. And every day is a choice for you. And every day you choose to get up and care for your loved ones before you care for yourself while you still have a billion and one things to do. So caregivers, thank you for caring, for placing others before you so easily, even though you may wonder at night how you're going to get tomorrow done. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for continuing to care. Thank you for loving. And thank you for being that extra arm, that extra leg, that extra heart, that extra just person for people who sometimes feel like they're missing their within themselves a part of themselves because of their illness or whatever may be going on in their life. Thank you for caring so much. So take some time to appreciate your surroundings, to appreciate the people in your surroundings, the people that you've allowed to become a part of your life and thank them for what they do. Many people don't do what they do because they expect a gold star, a pat in the back, or a big thank you note, or a gift card, nothing. They do it because they care. They do it because they love you. So taking the time to appreciate them means a lot. Not You don't even have to go out of the way and make this crazy big thank you dinner. No, no. It's just, hey, I see you and everything you do for me. Thank you for putting my clothes to wash today or thank you for decorating the apartment for me or thank you for having dinner ready or just thank you. There may not be a reaction from them, but deep within their heart, there's a smile that comes because they realize that they're seen and they're not taken for granted or that what they do is not a part of who they are. Therefore, that's what they have to continue to do. So take some time to appreciate others around you. Know that you are loved so deeply by those that are around you. God placed them in your life for a reason. You prayed and you asked, Lord, I need A, B, C, D. I need people to love me. I need people to care for me. I don't feel seen. And then he places people around you that do exactly what you need. Yet because it may not look the way you expected it to look, it may not compute that it's an answered prayer. So go back and reflect on who you have around your life. Who has been in your life that may not be here anymore. And remember, when Jesus died on that cross... When he resurrected on the third day, when he left behind the Holy Spirit for you and me who choose to believe and choose to love him, it wasn't just because. It was out of love. So today, appreciate those that are around you. Appreciate those that have come and gone. And appreciate those that are to come. Are you ready? Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of She Breaks Free and She Believes podcast. I truly hope that you're able to begin to break free from lies, misconceptions, doubt, unbelief, and anything else that keeps you from living this one life to the fullest according to what God has placed in your heart and woven you in your mother's womb to do. I pray that his love abides in you and that you never forget that his joy is your strength and that you have purpose and are here with intention. 
Make sure you subscribe so you can stay updated with the latest episodes. And if you choose to connect further with me, head to connect.to forward slash Karina Garcia. That's K-O-N-E-C-T dot T-O forward slash K-A-R-I-N-A G-A-R-C-I-A. God bless you.